Well, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Landmark Seminar Program. This is a podcast created exclusively, solely for the Landmark graduates participating in the Integrity Seminar. So before we begin with session number nine, there's those few things we want to get created. So first, please uh, please understand that the material presented here is owned and copywritten by Landmark Worldwide. It is intended solely for your personal use. So don't go sharing it. Don't go redistributing. Exactly. So two, I recommend you have a notebook and pen ready, especially for this session. You'll be using it to capture insights. And we do have a notebook exercise. Uh, Next, take a moment and get yourself settled. Just minimize any distractions, any interruptions, Really, ladies and gentlemen, leave your phone in the other room, close the door, walk your cat up, (laughs) just let the next 30 minutes or so just be all yours. And as this podcast concentrates on the major conversations we had in session nine itself, it really doesn't even come close to actually you being there. So be sure to get in communication with your group as their sharing will serve to enrich what you can create for yourself here in the podcast. And lastly, since this is a recording, feel free to pause, put me on pause whenever you want to do further notebook work or at any other time where you just want to take the time to inquire further. All right. Okay, good. With that said, let's begin. In this session, we're going to get into what the whole seminar has been building toward, which is living your life as a matter of design. So over the last eight sessions, you've been doing some really incredible work to give yourself access to a life of workability and freedom and possibility. However, I wouldn't be surprised that for many of you, it's becoming increasingly difficult to follow through on your commitments to the seminar as we get closer to session 10. So have you seen that? Have you seen that from time to time, the hardest part of a commitment is completing it through the end? Exactly. Well, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with you. Being reliable and following through on commitments, even when it gets hard, that's an essential element of living life. And living life of possibility. The discipline that you're developing to have your word win out over your circumstances and feelings, that's going to serve you well in every aspect of your life. So regardless of the space you're in, I invite you to create a commitment to have this session make a difference for you. I invite you now to create a commitment to participate fully in the work we're we're going to be doing with this session and for the series. So I invite you to let all you've had to deal with today, the past week, even a month, and just let that be. Get yourself ready to fully participate here in session nine. And all of the work we've been doing has been inside of this overarching intention, which has been to create a relationship to word as the source of designing a life of workability, 
freedom and possibility. The intention of session nine is to leave you standing at the source of designing what's possible in your life. So we've been engaged in looking at your word as a manner a matter of honor. And the assignment was to observe, just observe what you've been honoring as yourself in life and explore the possibility of honoring your word as yourself. And as part of the assignment, we, you were to also continue to speculate, create, and share what possibilities you could stand for, not just for yourself, but for the world. And that would be a victory for transformation and possibility over what? Over resignation and cynicism. So uh, we had some extraordinary shares um, with regards to what people are creating, what they've been accomplishing. Um, and and you know, one of them, a gentleman shared that, you know, for the whole series, what he had been dealing with, and that's even why he did the Landmark Forum, was that his, he and his wife had pretty much concluded that um, it was final, their marriage was final, and it was now time, and how would they uh, let the kids know that they were divorcing? Well, as of session nine, his wife, who's been the ones pretty much committed to the divorce, is now open, is now open to a conversation. So that was a, that was a function of him getting complete with how he had been bent, how, you know, complete with her, whole and complete with her, whole and complete with himself. He's fine if they divorce. He's fine if they don't. You would love that they don't, prefer that they don't. And inside of that space, she said, we can have, let's have a conversation for what's possible. Not exactly in those words, but that's, <laughs> that's the space of it. And that was not, that was not going to happen. So are you honoring your word? And I don't mean a promise. I don't mean an intention or, you know, getting more determined. I mean, what are you creating? that you're willing to stand for as yourself versus those feelings that you have no control over or those thoughts that just keep coming or those um, circumstances that life presents us uh, <laughs> in the, its relentless fashion. So you know, take the time right now for yourself and just jot down anything there is to complete on doing the assignment anything that you saw with regards to the assignment, all right? And you may note that may be something that you want to uh, share with your group as well, okay? Okay, now we're going to talk more about what it takes to be someone who can create workability and freedom and possibility in the face of any challenge life presents you, any challenge. So since last session, you know, we've been engaged in what it takes to have possibility, triumph over resignation and cynicism. We have just that question. What am I honoring? Right there, right there. You've been engaged in looking to see what it takes to have possibility, triumph over resignation and cynicism. And given that commitment, the most, the most important thing to get, the most important distinction that you need to get right now, you ready? Is that resignation and cynicism never show up as resignation and cynicism. 
They never present themselves as, hey, hello, you're resigned. Oh, hey, hey, you're not trusting anything right now. As far as you're concerned, everyone's out for themselves. That's cynicism. Resignation, cynicism. Never show up as that. Uh Uh-uh. Never, never, never. Especially in Missouri where we're all very nice. So by their very nature, that was an aside little joke, but by their nature, resignation and cynicism, they are insidious. What's that mean? The definition of insidious is that insidious is characterized by treachery and slyness. You know, I even looked up treachery. What in the hell? What does treachery mean? Treachery means violation of faith, treason, betrayal of trust. So insidious is treacherous and sly, and it operates in not an easily apparent manner. So it's hidden and more dangerous than seems evident. Yep, that's insidious. So the real danger of resignation and cynicism is that when resignation and cynicism are running the show, it is almost never obvious to us. Being powerful and having possibility, triumph in life, requires being able to see through the deceptions and pretenses that cover over our resignation and cynicism. So the question is, for you, how does resignation and cynicism show up? Said another way, What are your red flags that signal the presence of resignation and cynicism? So if it's hidden and it doesn't show up as resignation and cynicism, it shows up uh, in other ways. Those other ways is what we want to inquire into right now. We're going to create those other ways as your own red flags for, wow, that wasn't just me. That was resignation and cynicism, man. So how's it show up? Well, we, we took a look at that. How's it show up? It shows up in uh, being reasonable. It shows up with those reasons. It shows up with, mm, I just don't feel right about that. So bad feelings, you know, those moods that we get into. Yeah. Knock, knock. Hello. Who's there? Resignation. Negative attitudes. Suppressive experiences. You know, you don't know whether don't know whether to go. Those six, those times when you feel like you're trapped, you're you know you're it's kind of like bad if you do, bad if you don't. Oh, how about those familiar stories? You know, we have our top ten familiar stories. Um, upsets, absolutely. Any any time we're concluding something and we're settling, knock knock, who's there? Cynicism. So being self-righteous, doing something else. You've got something to do. You're a little, you know, not quite sure how to go forward or you don't like it or blah, blah, blah. And what do we do? We go do something else. What do we do? Go open the refrigerator. It seems to be very interesting all of a sudden. So anytime we're just like, oh, laden with significance, no sense of humor, Or you have to know, you have to get the information, you have to know, you have to understand. All of that, or I've done enough. Whatever it is for you, you have your own. So take a moment now, and you should actually pause the recording. And, but before you do, I'm going to give you instructions, so hold on. In your notebook, go to a clean page, and you're going to entitle that page, 
My red flags for being resigned and cynical. Not Anne's, your own. So you're, that's what you're writing. My red flags for being resigned and cynical. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take a minute or so and list your personal red flags. You're like, one of mine is I don't have time. I don't have time for that. How, where am I going to fit that in? Yep. Knock, knock. Hello. Resignation cynicism. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So put me on pause and then come back. Okay. So did you get down exactly how resignation and cynicism shows up for you on the court? You just wanted to be, um, you know, as specific as possible there. So guess what? Guess what we're going to do? Our job between now and next session will be to continue to notice, distinguish, even, you know, keep this list growing um, of your red flags. List, distinguish, notice your red flags for resignation and cynicism running the show. And continue to have possibility triumph in your life. Yeah. So when you notice those red flags, it's that's the that's the interruption. That's the interruption that will actually give you the opportunity to create something. But we have to talk about something else now. We have to talk about the most subtle and dangerous form of resignation and cynicism. Yeah, you thought you thought yours were dangerous? Listen to this one. The most subtle and dangerous form of resignation and cynicism is the conversation called, oh, well, things may not be great. They're as good as they can be. Do you hear that? Do you hear yourself there? While things may not be great, they are as good as they can be. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And you see the pervasive nature of the conversation while it may not be great, it's as good as it can be. You see that in your own life? So, you know, how are you doing? Oh, fine. And what's right there in the background? Well, it's not great, but, it's, you know, it's because it, no complaints. How's that one? No complaints. Exactly. So between now and next session, your job will be to have a victory, a victory in the areas of life where you've been resigned to things, not being great, but being just as good as they can be. So get those lists out. Those lists of areas of life, those lists of relationships where you rated some, someone or something low on the scale of workability and you've been resigned and cynical about it. It hasn't been you being resigned and cynical. That's just resignation and cynicism. It's not your personal resignation and cynicism. It's just those conversations and you haven't, you haven't distinguished them as Wow, that's resignation cynicism, and I actually have a say. Okay, so this is also time to note, you know, for your sharing with your group call, um, share your red flags that signal resignation and cynicism. Share any area of life where you've been resigned and in a conversation called, well, things may not be great, but they're as good as they can be. Be sure to share those areas of life, and also you can use this opportunity or that opportunity, rather, to promise to be in action in those areas of life. Okay, so share your red flags, area where you're resigned, and any promised actions. Share that <laughs> Share that with your notebook right now. Oh, boy. Something doing this podcast versus leading it from the front of the room. Okay, so we're going to look now. Um, 
All right. Settle, settle. All right. Here we are. Um, take a breath. We're going to take a moment now and look back over the seminar, the entire series and review the work we've done. Yes. All of it. So the intention of the series is for you to create a relationship to word as what? As the source word as the source of designing a life of workability, freedom, and possibility. And where this conversation began all the way back at the first session was in our generating the distinction integrity as itself and distinct from morality. As we began to examine integrity as a distinction, we began to see that you can look at integrity as consisting of three levels. The three levels were, first, keeping your promises and agreements. Second, being true to your principles and values. And third, honoring your word as yourself. So we created those, we distinguished, created those three levels. We also made clear that it's integrity in life that gives workability. Integrity doesn't make you a good person, doesn't make you a bad person. It is just required for workability. That was session one. Session two, you examine your life from the view of integrity by looking at the important areas of your life and rating them on a scale of workability. You know, and confronting the reality of the unworkability of life was actually a major accomplishment for every one of you in the seminar. Really, I mean, it was a major accomplishment for me to look to see that I was giving my my life a 3.8 rating. That was absolutely resignation and cynicism doing that rating, by the way. But nevertheless, you know, most people never generate the courage required for such an examination. So you and me, all of us, having the courage to confront the unworkability in our lives we created the extraordinary opportunity to actually do what? Actually restore integrity and workability right there in our lives. So we looked at the area of our lives that were not working from, from considering that the source of the unworkability, the source of it was broken promises and agreements. Oh my gosh, really? Not that story I had? No, really, it's simple. A broken promise or an agreement. And by cleaning up the mess we made by having broken promises and agreements, we began to bring increasing levels of workability and freedom and possibility to our lives. This is just something I'm never going to get over. Okay, but that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. The next accomplishment of the seminar was to begin to examine your life from the second level of integrity, which is being true to your principles and values. And in that examination, we distinguished that as human beings, we don't operate true to principles and values. We haven't even really given them any kind of thought. Instead, where do we operate? We operate from standards and ideals that we've inherited (laughs) or that are just there. So by distinguishing and taking responsibility for those standards and ideals, we created the possibility of inventing principles and values that move us, touch us, and inspire us. 
and we also addressed another very confronting aspect of our humanity. What's that? Perpetrations and withholds. And what was revealed there in that conversation, that whenever we're blaming others, or whenever we're persistently upset, we are simply creating smoke screens to hide our own perpetration withhold. So again, you generated an enormous amount of courage as you took responsibility for your perpetration withholds inside of your commitment to live a life of workability, freedom, and possibility. Finally, we took on the biggest challenge of all the areas of integrity. At session six, you and I stood in the possibility that as human beings, when it comes to integrity, we are completely inauthentic. Completely inauthentic. It's much more important to us to look like we're good people and um, that we're not inauthentic. Oh no, heaven forbid. So in that, um, in that conversation, we had the opportunity to actually look, experience, and be responsible for the massive lack of integrity in our lives. Massive. It was total. A life filled by standards and ideals, a life of perpetration withholds, a life of making it, a life of getting there someday, a life of looking good, avoiding looking bad. And standing in that massive lack of integrity with no loss of power, you and I told the truth about ourselves as human beings. And it was at that point that you and I created the declaration that opened up a whole new realm of possibility for integrity, which was, I have no integrity. My life doesn't work. It never has and it never will. And after you and I recovered from the shock of that statement, we were in the presence of a whole new realm of possibility. Wow. Integrity isn't anything to even have. What was I even thinking? Instead, now we have this space a space for ourselves as meaning-making machines, a space for others as just the same. We've got space now. And in that space, and that space rather, is a new realm. It's a new realm of possibility in which workability and freedom and new possibilities can occur as opportunities for invention. At session seven, we inquired further into a new practice for creating workability in life. And the practice was taking the story out of the equation and asking then, okay, so what actions could I take that would restore integrity in that area? <laughs> I mean, it just keeps going on. Session eight, we moved into the third level of integrity, honoring one's word as oneself. So now we want to actually... I want, to have, I want you to look. I want you to actually look. Take those standards, ideals, say thank you very much, place them aside. We can pick them up when we're through. But want to look at what you've accomplished so, so far against the intention of the seminar. And we particularly want to look at what you've accomplished in the areas of life where you found unworkability. What are some of those results? Take a moment now and write them down for yourself. You know, for some of you, you might be invalidating your accomplishments because some of your life still isn't working. You might lack integrity in a particular relationship, and that relationship seems to color the other 99% of your life that is working. Racketeers, yep. <laughs> Stand up. 
Take notice. Yes. So part of being extraordinary, you guys, is to be responsible for what you've accomplished. And so said another way, what can you stand for having gotten out of your participation in the seminar, in the integrity seminar? What have you take? Where have you taken ground with your integrity? Where have you taken ground with having workability in your life? Where have you taken ground in being free? So take a moment now. Take at least a minute or two. Pause the recording. Really look at what you've accomplished in the space of the series over the last three months and write those accomplishments, accomplishments down. Okay, great. So you've uh, written those down without focusing on breakdowns or without focusing on what you haven't accomplished. You've written actual accomplishments in your life, especially in those areas that were important to you where you've had a triumph over the past. Great. You should mark those accomplishments as something to also share with your group, okay? All right, we're moving on here. It's so great. I know. I can hear you saying, well, but Anne, it's so great. You mean there's something else? There is. So we want to specifically look at what you've accomplished in the area of integrity. We're going to do that right now. So for eight sessions, you've been examining your relationship to your word. Over the sessions, by generating the courage to be authentic about being inauthentic in relationship to your word, you've had the opportunity to complete the past in the area of integrity. So said another way, you've brought forth a new, the presence of a new realm of possibility for your word. So in this new realm or domain of word, there's no me in my word. There's just word. Now, does this mean that you no longer be inauthentic in your relationship to your word or have breakdowns in integrity? No. But now, your inauthenticity and breakdowns in integrity will occur. They'll show up differently. Why? Because they're in this whole new realm of possibility. In fact, the practice of continuing to distinguish your inauthenticity and relationship to your word is what gives you the access to designing your life and that being a life of workability and freedom and possibility. So here we are with this new domain, new domain of possibility. It is the domain of word. Inside this domain of word, who you are is your word. There's no you other than your word. You're no longer separate from your word. You, as word, are outside the domain of reason and circumstances, stories, rackets, strong suits. All that stuff's automatic. This is what this is the space of what notices a racket. This is the space of what notices being resigned and cynical. Yeah, that space. That's a, that space actually has a voice. When you make room for it. So there's no you other than your word, than what you say. Now, there still are reasons and circumstances. You still have them. Just like you have a hand. You'll have rackets and strong suits. Just like you have feet. But who you are is your word. You are even exist outside of time. 
the domain of word is timeless and forever. So inside this domain of word, you have the opportunity to be the designer of your life. Inside this domain, your word creates who you are, what you stand for, what you promise, your principles and values. Free from the constraints the past imposes on your word, you now have the opportunity to say who you are. You know, you now have the opportunity to say what your life is for. And then your life is given by that saying. You see, once you've brought forth a domain of word, you're just never the same. So I'm going to read the Maliwada statement, which was that thing I read, that um, piece I read early in the seminar. And I want you to, I suggest and assert, you're going to hear this in a, an entirely new way. So this is from the Maliwada Human Development Training School on Integrity. We're going to visit the arena of profound humanness called integrity. Sometimes integrity is reduced to mean a kind of moral uprightness and steadfastness in the sense of saying he has too much integrity to ever take a bribe. But profound integrity goes far beyond this. Sometimes, in order to distinguish it from the more limited popular usage, it's called secondary integrity. This is the integrity which is not constrained by limits and moralities, however well-intentioned. The integrity that is profound living is the singularity of thrust of a life committed to ordering every dimension of the self towards that commitment. Thus, the self is in fact shaped by the self and focused towards that commitment. You can say that an audacious creation of the self takes place in integrity, without which you're simply the creation of the various forces impacting you in society. Thus, the basis of integrity is a destinal resolve, a resolve that chooses and sets your destiny and out of which your whole life is ordered. The object of that resolve is the ultimate decision of each person and each person makes that choice consciously or unconsciously to do so with awareness though is the height of man's responsibility it is incarnate freedom it is what real freedom looks like when man has thus exercised his freedom he realizes that to be true to himself ever thereafter he has a unique position to look at the values of his society. He's no longer bound by the opinions and codes of his fellow man, but reevaluates them on the basis of their impact on his destinal resolve. Thus, the man of integrity is continuously engaged in a societal transvaluation, a moving across the values of society and reinterpreting them in line with his life's thrust. It does not give him the liberty of ignoring his society, but his obligation transcends the conformity of living within the codes and mores of his society. Thus, the man of profound integrity always seems to not quite fit with his fellow men, but his actions always are appropriate for him, 
even to those who oppose him. No matter how odd the man of profound integrity appears to his neighbors, he experiences himself as securely anchored. While he is very clear that the world's not his home, nevertheless, he experiences himself as having found his native veil. He experiences an, at an internal at-oneness, not so much with the currents and waves of activity around him, but with the deeper trends of history itself. Amid the flux of wavering to and fro that's so evident in others, he experiences an inexplicable rootedness, as though he has sunk a taproot deep into the foundation of the earth itself. And though he experiences his life as a long journey, even an endless journey, it is as if he'd been there before. Original integrity is experienced primarily by this sense of at-oneness. Kierkegaard once wrote a book about this kind of integrity that he titled, Purity of Heart is to Will One Thing. And an ancient philosopher focused his wisdom around this integrity with this advice, know yourself and your own self be true. So having reheard that statement, what did you hear? What was new for you? What was new for you? What did you hear that you didn't hear before? So standing in that new realm of possibility for word and being the designer of your life, what do you now see as possible? Take a moment and write that down. Okay, thank you. We're going to have a conversation about the next seminar series, even a, because even a breakthrough, <laughs> a breakthrough in integrity doesn't mean you've made it someplace, right? It's not like you've arrived somewhere. Being extraordinary doesn't happen in a moment. You know, can, graduates are committed to life being extraordinary for themselves, for others, and for the world. And that doesn't happen in a moment's time. That's a commitment that happens over time. So being extraordinary and living a transformed life is not a short-term goal. It's a way of life. And being extraordinary requires going beyond simply, I've done enough. And going beyond, I've given at the office which we can now hear as red flags, right? Exactly. So being extraordinary creates one's direction in life. For what? For the self. For the self to be expressed. For the self to have, um, wow, to actually have honor, to be honored and be senior to the drift and the pull of life in its ordinary, relentless assault on, on a human being's life. So being extraordinary creates one's direction in life. It's a lifetime commitment. And the seminar program, Landmark Seminar Program, has been designed to empower that same commitment. And while each seminar is whole and complete and creates extraordinary results, the seminar program as a whole is for that long-range view for your life, and most importantly, for yourself, with a capital S, as, a, as word. So 
if you look at people with great, you know, with big commitments, you know, we have the Olympics, show, you know, around the corner. Actually, it starts tonight. And you look at those athletes, you know, they don't see training as a matter of three months or a year or 10 sessions. They see, they see training and practice as a matter of life. They see themselves as people who in life are committed to training and coaching, inquiring, discovering. And part of being extraordinary yourself is to create that long range view of the mastery and practice of transformation. Athletes don't do that on, on their own. They have coaches. They have environments. So a world, those world-class athletes don't look to a future where they stop training. No, they look forward to and invite a future of training, of practice, of development, challenge, and coaching. They are for the long-range view. Always up for what's next. So have you ever been to a gym You've known someone who's gone, and you know, there's all this. You know, you've seen you know the exercise magazines and people with all these great bodies. Have you, have you ever looked there and said, Wow, can't wait to look like that? I'm gonna pick up this magazine. Well, the people with those bodies, they've been training for a while and they expect to be training ongoingly. So, there's not much difference between living a life you know, having a great body that serves you and living a life. A, a transformed life. It's a lifetime practice. What's your structure as a graduate for the practice of transformation? It's the seminar program. The seminar program's that structure where you can practice and master living a life of transformation where yourself gets to win the day. So the next seminar here in St. Louis is the sex and intimacy seminar. And right then you might notice your internal dialogue props up with, well, you know, I, I have... I'm either not in a relationship and, and sex is not an issue for me, or um, I'm in a relationship and what can you expect? We've, you know, sex has been great, how it can't get any better, or, um, you know, or whatever is there, or maybe you've just given up, or maybe whatever is there, I want you to try on that it's just what's there. It's just what's there. And although it has a, the seminar has the title of Sex and Intimacy, where it's going to impact you is in all of your life, all of your life. You know, I shared with the seminar that, um, and make sure that no one else is listening to this right now. I shared with the seminar that I, you know, my husband and I sleep in the nude and I was getting ready to bed. So obviously I had, I had disrobed and he walked around the corner of, and into the bedroom and he saw me and he smiled, he smiled. And in that moment, in a second's time, what was there was, I was embarrassed for myself. Two, I thought, oh, wow, he's going to want, he's going to want to have sex. And, you know, it's already 1230. I have to get up early. And three, when was the last time we had sex? So like, I'm keeping a calendar or something. So I was everywhere else, but just present to being there with my husband who was in that moment just loving me, just just uh, delighted to see me, so to speak. Well, I laughed in that moment. I kind of, I laughed and I deflected his joy. Laughed it off. Pushed it to the side and got in bed. And I looked at that moment, that one moment and look to see that that's not the only place I do that. 
you know, like what's behind that, what's, what was behind all of that was, you know, the embarrassment and all that was not mattering, not mattering, not being myself, whatever that self is. All those conversations, all quiet, all not out here, not spoken. And that, that's what went to bed with me, those thoughts, and those feelings. But in other areas of my life, what I see is that where not mattering shows up, not mattering shows up, where I haven't been asking for the raise that I was told I was going to get. Not mattering shows up and being uh, and second guessing myself with you know with new accountabilities. What's there is a feeling of of um, being in another area like at work with these, some of these new projects, new teams. Not feeling like I have like I'm on my A game like usual. I mean, it shows up in other areas, and all that and all of that insight right there that I'm sharing with you came from looking at that one moment when my husband came around the corner and looked at me. Now, asking for a raise, I want you to try on, is a, is a moment of intimacy. Sharing with my group at work, well, I'm really, you know, I'm really second guessing myself right now. That's a moment of intimacy. Being yourself, risking yourself, being intimate in, in life is your access to joy in life. So, I'm asking you, know, I'm inviting you to see that this is your very access for the next breakthrough in your own life and um, come ready, come ready to session 10. We'll have an opportunity for you to register, but it's going to, you know, but it's an extraordinary, extraordinary seminar. You will never get over it. And the other thing that I really pride myself on is no matter what, anyone else coming to me, being intimate with me about their sex lives, I can hear anything and not and not react. I don't get embarrassed with them. <laughs> well, my, myself I do, but with them, I can hear anything. Really, anything. So it gives me power to be comfortable in those conversations that I didn't have before. So the last conversation here that I want to create with you is uh, what... We're all coming towards at session 10. You know, many of the conversations that we've been looking at in the areas of lives, we've been looking at where we've been resigned and cynical. Now I want to take the specific area of sharing possibility and inviting the people in your life to be at the seminar. I want, we're going to look at that square in the eye. So when you and I take on the risk of really sharing ourselves and standing for another's transformation, there's always a lot of stake isn't there? There's a lot at stake. And given how often it does not go the way we're committed it go, sharing transformation is one of the areas in life which, in which you and I develop an enormous amount of resignation and cynicism. So if you look at your life now and the people and communities where you have a commitment to transformation, look, what are your red flags right there that resignation and cynicism are present for you when you go to share yourself when you want to invite someone to be with you at a guest as a guest at your next seminar. You know, we have Kai Bounds coming back to lead session 10. And we have the opportunity as an entire group of people, an entire group of graduates, not just people, graduates, to cause session 10 as a celebration of possibility, Vic being victorious over resignation and cynicism, 
I'm committed that every one of us transcends whatever resignation and cynicism is there for us so that not only are we effective individually in sharing ourselves, but that as a seminar, we strike a blow for freedom regarding having people in the Landmark Forum. And I'm committed that our last session of the seminar makes that difference for the people in our lives, makes that difference for our communities we live in, and, and in fact, for the world. So I'm committed that we go out with a bang, and given who you, are, who you and I are for the world, that would have integrity. <laughs> so please let me hear from you. you know, we looked, you know, people were inviting policemen and firemen and educators, and you know, we were like going for it having the people in our communities and lives, our businesses be their next session, which is really exciting. Uh, you were sent your, <laughs> uh, inside of that excitement, uh, you should look in your email. You've gotten the assignment in your email uh, and your assignment for next session is to have a victory in the areas of life where you've been resigned to things not being great, but just being as good as they can be. And part of the assignment also is to continue to enroll the people in your life into the possibilities that you've invented. You know, this is the last assignment of the seminar. So complete the seminar with a real win for yourself, okay? Next session is uh, next Wednesday. We're going to complete on making real what it takes to live a life of design and having a life that works our next session will be the space of completion. Take on next session as an opportunity to fulfill on the possibility of the seminar and to have your word win. Possibility over resignation and cynicism. And this seminar is a tough one. It's tough in terms of what we deal with in our lives. So give yourself some space and grace to be wherever and however you are. There's nothing wrong. What works is to keep honoring your word everywhere. What works is to be at the seminar session no matter what happens. Be sure you leave. Be sure you're complete also. If there's anything about your participation that's incomplete, get in communication with me, get in uh, communication with your group leader. So um, I really look forward to being with you at session 10. Okay? All right. Have a great week triumphing over resignation and cynicism and sharing yourself and causing breakthroughs. And we'll see you on Wednesday.